This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. All right, man. Some quick takes before I get into a divisional round and do a little podcast rap. Kevin Paredes, that's probably how you say his name, is going to the Bundesliga. I forgot what team they said, but... He's a DC United player that I really liked when I saw him play. Uh, I think it was against Minnesota. I really liked his energy, and I liked how he played. So I had no idea he was 18 years old. I had no idea he was a coveted prospect in Europe. No clue. Shows you how much I know about soccer. (laughs) Shows you how much I know about soccer in not only the MLS, but around the world. Because <laughs> I should know that. But congrats to him. I uh, didn't know he was so young. It looks like he got a promising future. And hopefully when he gets a little older, he makes his way back to DC United. The, the Bundesliga's team is paying us, what, $7 million? What are they going to do with that $7 million? Hopefully, um, I think it's a loan. Nevertheless, maybe, you know, maybe how loan works is he's still with us technically, but he's going to play out there for a season and then maybe we'll get him back. Man, I don't know. I would love to have him back, even if it's next year or in the future, because I love the way he plays. But if he's getting, you know, recruited by, you know, European teams, it's going to be tough. He, he must be really, really good. Or has a lot of potential. Anyway, congrats to him. My sleep pattern today was a little off, which resulted in me watching the last set of the Australian Open Championship between Ashley Barty and Danielle Collins. I, you know, I took one look at her and boom. Now I'm, now I'm a simp over her. Game over. Now she's on the list of women I'm a simp over. She's on there with like Joy Taylor, random Twitter chicks, but that that's neither here nor there. She played great. I missed the first set. I was asleep. But she was down six three. She lost the first set six three. And then Danielle Collins got up five one. I was like, oh my. I think this is where I started watching. Then Ashley Barty just turned up. She just showed that she was on another level. Like, you ever see that? You, you see that in sports a lot. Where the best team, they look like they're going to get upset. And then they just have another gear. And they just turn it into gear. They just turn it into that gear. And then it's a wrap. They win. And they run away with it. I swear to God, it went from 5-1 to 6-5. No, it, to 5-5. And the, the main thing was, was Ashley Barty... Whenever she served, oh, my God. Danielle Collins had no answer for it, especially down the stretch. That serve was something serious. I think the reason why that, you know, match was so close at the end was because Ashley Barty kept hitting the net. She kept hitting the net. Just a lot of, I can't say unforced errors. Like, some of them were unforced. But it was just a lot of that. 
So she settled down. She stopped, you know, with those errors. And they got to the tie break and she just straight up dominated. Once she got to once it got to five five, I knew she was gonna win. Matter of fact, once they got the 5-3, I knew she was going to win. Because she had all the momentum, and she just showed that she was just the better player. But I think Danielle Collins is young and has a bright future, just like Kevin Paredes. Like, so, it won't be the last time we we hear about Danielle Collins. But it's tough, man. Um, you're doing well, and you want to win. And then Ashley Barty just turns up, and then you're just done. And the whole crowd was behind Ashley Barty. Like, this is Australian history. I think Australia has never won the Australian Open. So, for that reason, it seemed like half the dang continent was at the Australian Open, and they were rooting for Barty. Poor Danielle Collins, but she almost did it, though. She almost did it, but it's just Barty is on another level. She showed that, and uh, congrats to her. That was fun to watch. I'm glad I got to watch it. If I didn't watch it, I probably wouldn't be talking about it, even though I should talk about tennis more often, but nah. Um, (laughs) Nah. (laughs) Anyway. You know, this podcast rap, I was supposed to rap it over a beat, you know, like Drake's come through beat, but I just didn't make time to practice or mix it together or none of that. So I'm just going, I'm just going rap what I wrote acapella. All right, so. Winter Ridge Road with no shame. Had to get up shots before the snow came. Rent do need to pay. Not the easy way. Slow games. Telling DC Frey that I ain't playing no games. Afterwards, like Drake, I put in the order for the chicken. Then went into the house to see the whipping. Of my favorite team, they was tripping. Fans were mad. Rivals from other teams were laughing. In their seats, craving action. They created a faction. To sit and watch our QB hurt. So they were looking for a pain relaxer. I turned to them boys. Needed them to feel the pain. Saw more yellow on the field than a Steelers game. Yo, them memes insane. Look, I just want the money. You can keep the fame. Let's get back to them birds. We're straight lacking for words. No excuse. The whole squad was healthy. Now it's time to apologize to Mama Kelsey. I know y'all can help me. When you step on the field, we all expect to fight. You got washed, almost made her miss her flight. You know this ain't right. You can pay us back with the trophy. You can grip it tight. You better grip it tight. Let me sit here and tell y'all something. Mental health is no joke. You know that ain't nothing. Folks depressing and stressing something that they stuck in. So when they get that blast from the past, I know that they shut in. I tell them to keep praying. Haters, they stay fronting despite what they said. They don't know when them last days coming. Got people out here coming from Texas. Jump out, then hop in a Lexus. The birds out the playoffs, but they come to respect us. Y'all ain't going to check us. Keep me from the dream? Nah, say less. I'm about to sneak up in the party like Kanye West. Easy, boy. <laughs> Easy. 
It's like, nah, I kind of stumbled through that a little bit, but whatever. All right, now, now back to uh, football. Amazing divisional round, arguably the best ever. Definitely the best I've ever seen. It's probably the best since whatever that divisional round was where the Eagles, yeah, where the Eagles beat the Packers because they converted a first fourth and 26. Or another one was in the same day or the day before or the day after, you had the Panthers and the Rams. They went in overtime. They went in double overtime. Yeah, the Panthers upset the greatest show on turf in double overtime. And then they upset the Eagles the next week. And I was sick. My dad was a Panthers fan. He he kind of went easy on me. He, he could have really went ham when the uh, Panthers beat the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. But he was legit happy because, you know, his home state team, is finally going to Super Bowl after being in existence for like eight years. So, of course, he was happy. I was devastated. But anyway, it was the best divisional round since that. So, in my memory, and that was only half of the round. This time, all four games were fire. But unfortunately, you know, I'm not really on my grind Company's not really taking off. I don't really have any other sources of income. So what that results in, me doing Lyft when I should have been just watching football all weekend. I was really tired, so I barely got to watch the Bengals and Titans, even though I was in the house to watch that. Barely watched that, but I saw the end. I saw the beginning and the end, pretty much. The Titans choked. They threw that interception. Tannehill had three interceptions. He's the only quarterback to throw more than one interception the whole weekend. He was clearly the worst quarterback of the weekend. And they had a chance because they were moving the ball in the end. They had a chance to kick the game-winning field goal, but he throws a pick around midfield. And it looked like they were playing cover two, um, the Titans. And Jamar Chase catches what looked like a corner route. Catches it, gets out of bounds, and then they kick the game-winning field goal. You know, I learned who Money Mac was. And the Bengals, like, they have a really good offensive team, like a lot of offensive explosion. Listen, listen who they got. Listen who they got. They got Burrow, Mixon, Pirine, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. And then they got um, ZJ Uzoma, who's pretty good. Damn! That offense is loaded. But what's really been winning them these games is their defense. Two game-ending interceptions, pretty much. Their pass rush has just been on point. Like, from the little bit I watched, their pass rush was getting to uh, Tannehill, and their coverage was pretty good, forcing them into tight throws and short throws. They were really limiting the Titans' offense. They really limit Derrick Henry. He got the touchdown, but they really limit him. He didn't go off like he usually does. And then, you know, same thing against the Raiders, like, 
the Raiders were kind of moving the ball. But the Bengals just were able to lock down through long periods of time in the game and force them into a bunch of field goals. And same thing against the Titans, and they end up winning. So their defense is playing really well. Now, it's one thing to play the Raiders, who are an inconsistent offensive team. It's one thing to play the Titans, who have a shaky passing game with a shaky quarterback. It's another thing to play the offensive juggernaut, which is the Kansas City Chiefs, with Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Hill. Oh, my God. He went off. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll talk about that in a little bit. Travis Kelsey. It's just it's it's just a whole nother beast. But we'll see, man. Uh that, that game was sick. Money Mac. Money Mac is a legend. He's the guy I kinda made fun of when they played against the Packers when he missed them field goals down the stretch. When they should have beat the Packers because Mason Crosby had his worst game ever, but yet the Bengals couldn't take advantage. A Money Mac was on fire that game, for sure. Uh, Packers 49ers, I was on the road. The whole game was on the radio for me. And it's just the Packers easily scored. And then after that, the 49ers locked down. Their, Their offense wasn't doing anything either. And the Packers had, if I'm not mistaken, no, the Packers had the lead the entire game. And then 49ers block a punt and score. And then they turn around, two passes, they kick a field goal, and they win the game. I am just like, wow. I am just like, are you serious? It was cold. It was snowing. Terrible conditions. But, man, the 49ers defense, I mean, I heard somewhere in the telecast or the radio cast that, uh, the 49ers had the number three defense in the league. Number three defense. So they matched up very well. They matched up pretty well. And uh, Rodgers didn't really throw to anyone other than Devontae Adams. So everyone else was a no-show. But what I really enjoyed was when I got home, I saw all the memes and all the tweets making fun of Aaron Rodgers. I... You know, I've grown to like Aaron Rodgers this year because he's been speaking his mind. Not about the politics and the and the um the pandemic and the vaccine. I mean, he just in general. You know what I'm saying? It's like he's not he not that bad of a guy. I mean, well, I guess. I mean, a lot of people think he is a jerk. He can be a jerk, I guess. But to me, I'm like, he kind of cool. You know, he ain't PC, but he kind of cool. Man, they threw it back at him. Everyone threw that back at him. They made fun of him for his vaccine takes. They made fun of him for the I still own you um, thing that he did against the Bears. They threw that back at him. I was just crying. All the jokes and the memes, I was crying all night. It was hilarious, man. I truly had fun. It put me, put a smile on my face. Oh, man, I was crying, man. That was hilarious. <laughs> it's good times. Um, Wow, man. 
it, you know, the Packers fall short again, and they're 0-4 against the 49ers in the playoffs. I think since Holmgren, right? Since since the 90s. No, this, this, ain't, a, this ain't a joke. Like, Brett Favre lost to them. Remember the T.O. game? Then Rodgers lost to Kaepernick once again at home. And then remember the game where the 49ers rushed for a million yards a few years ago. And then this game where the defenses came to play and then Jimmy Garoppolo stole it at the end. Man, unbelievable. But, yeah, Packers are out. I thought they were going to just waltz into, well, maybe not. But I thought they were at least going to the NFC Championship. But, nope, didn't happen. Now, the game I really did get to watch was the Bucks and the Rams. But, once again, me doing lift. I only watched like half of it. And uh, some girl that I was driving, she commented on my reactions to listening to the beginning of it on the radio. And she was laughing. She thought it was cute. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, so we got to talk about Redskins, Cowboys. And that, that was cool, man. But it was a hell of a game. Uh, the Rams just came out firing. It looked like they were going to win by like 40. But, and, so, and once again, another cryptic, you know, statement on the radio. One of the announcers said the only way they're going to come back is from turnovers or big plays. And that's what happened. A fumble here, a fumble there, a snap over the head. Like, what? what is that? A fumble to, uh, to give the Bucks an opportunity to tie the game, like, just just dumb stuff. Just dumb stuff. And sure enough, you give Brady enough opportunities, he's going to take advantage. And, you know, he made a big throw to Rob Gronkowski, and then I think it was fourth down, they packed the middle. The Rams packed the middle, and Fournette bounced out and scored. And, t- and they tied the game. Of course, they weren't going to go for two. It's the playoffs. You got to play it safe. And I thought, all right, this is for sure going overtime. Like, Brady done did it again, 27-3. to I just didn't think he would do it again. But the defense, defense let him down this time. See, the defense was on one in that Super Bowl against the Falcons. But then again, was it the defense or was it Kyle Shanahan? Nevertheless, um, the Rams... Two plays of Cooper Cup. The one person you got to cover is Cooper Cup. But yet, he gets open for two passes and they kick a game-winning field goal and the gold is out. The memes wasn't, you know, as crazy for that. But I just really didn't like the game that Todd Bowles called at the end. I just hated it. I mean, an all-out blitz... Okay, I kind of get it. They, they they need a field goal. They need a field goal. You kind of got to be aggressive. But, man, it wasn't executed correctly. We, we could have went there. I guess they could have went safer on that. But it wasn't executed correctly. Not everyone got the call. So everyone was kind of flat-footed and didn't know what they were doing. And then... What's the name? Antoine Winfield, a very good safety, gets burned. 
and that's the game. Another game-winning field goal. In the best game of the night, of course, I was doing lift. So I had it on the radio. I tuned out some of it. I'm not going to lie. I tuned out some of it. But I definitely caught the end. And, you know, with some with, with a couple in the car that honestly, like they were they were listening to. And I guess they were watching as well, but they had to get going. And it was a heartbreaking end for the Bills. Like 13 seconds to go. I thought they for sure had it in the bag. Because, I mean, from the radio, the game was kind of meh. But then I really started paying attention once uh, Josh Allen threw it to Gabriel Davis for the third time for this for his third touchdown. And then Tyreek Hill broke free and then Gabriel Davis again. I was like, this game is insane. But then how the how in the world it was even worse when I actually watched it. How the heck do you let Tyreek Hill break free for a big play? And then how do you let Kelsey get that pass for 11 yards to get in the field goal range? How? Just how, bro? Terrible. Of course, they tied to go to overtime. And then once the Chiefs won the, the coin toss, I knew it was a wrap. I was like, yeah, the Bills not getting the ball back. They lost. And, of course, the Chiefs marched down the field, easy money. So now we got Chiefs, we got Chiefs and Bengals. Everyone's expecting fireworks, just like last time. But I think the defenses will be better and it'll be a lower scoring game. But at the end of the day, I'm going to just go right into the prediction. I, I think the Chiefs will win 27-17. This will be too much. Mahomes. Too much Travis Kelsey. Just they're just a better team. At home. Experience. Too much experience. Chris Jones on the defensive side is gonna eat. It's gonna be tough for now. But hey, if the Bengals shock the world and they win, I'm all for it. You know, it's gonna make KC in two weeks, because I'm gonna be in Kansas City. I'm gonna do the show live from Kansas City, by the way. It's not going to be as fun because the Chiefs won't be in the Super Bowl. But, hey, I'd be happy for the Bengals, though. But, yeah, I expect Kansas City to win and be in the Super Bowl. And, honestly, I wasn't trying to go to Kansas City for a Super Bowl Sunday. But it just worked out that way because Kansas and Oklahoma are playing that Saturday. So I'm, I'm, I'm in town for that. So it just worked out that. You know, the Chiefs might be in the Super Bowl. But I got them winning 27-17. On the other side, you got Rams and 49ers. Part three is going to be a very physical game. Uh, Man. I'm going to say 24-21 Rams. I think they finally get over the hump. But it's going to be a close game because the 49ers are really talented. And um, they, they know the Rams really well. So they're just not going to sit up here and get dominated by the Rams. So I just think it's just way too much talent. Stafford, OBJ, Cooper Cup. Even though the 49ers have won six straight against them. It's way too much talent. Way too much talent. 
on that side. And they're at home. And they're at home. That's going to be crazy. The Rams are going to be at home for this game. Then they win. And they're going to be at home for the Super Bowl. That is fire. I wish I could be there. I've been wanting to go to the Super Bowl since 2018. But, of course, once again, not on my grind. Don't have other sources of income. Not really balling. So I'm not going to go to that game unless I have, like, a a sweepstakes. Unless I win a, a sweepstakes, it's not going to happen. But, you know, it's all good, man. Uh, there'll be other L.A. Super Bowls. But that, but that stadium in L.A. in general, the Super Bowl will be back. And I'll be there, just like Miami. The Super Bowl is going to be back there. So I don't. Don't have to worry too much about missing it. I'll be fine. But, yeah, man, uh, can't wait for the the games tomorrow. I'm going to make sure. I, well, I'm going to miss half of the first game because I don't know why, but I took a referee assignment. I just do some dumb stuff sometimes. Don't mind me. <laughs> so uh, I'll be able to watch the second half of the first game and then the second game. I'll be lock and loaded at the house, and I should be able to watch that easily. There you go. So, spent a lot of time on football. But, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I must say this. The divisional round was amazing. It was great for sports fans and football fans. So, that's good for the league moving forward that they got this type of product and they got these young quarterbacks playing well like this. It's going to be ratings galore. A lot of money is going to be made. You just got to love it if you're a football fan. The future of the league is not going anywhere anytime soon. No time soon. <laughs> all right, man. Did all that. All right, so if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen my epic Wizards rant. And I and I kind of I kept it short. But, man, I went off. Because if you don't know by now, the Wizards lost to the Clippers by one point. Not bad, huh? I mean, come on. The Clippers been the better franchise since 2012. They were just in the conference finals. No problem, right? That big problem. We were up 35 in the second quarter. We were up 30 at halftime. And thanks to Grant Paulson... And Danny Rullier on 1067 The Fan, thanks to them, they made me realize that this is even worse. It may not have been them. It may have been J.P. Finley, but one of them said that we were up like seven with seconds to go. We were up three with, yeah, we were up three with three seconds to go or something like that. Basically, we were up three. We were going to foul Luke Kennard or whoever handed the ball to Luke Kennard. We should have fouled him first. But we were going to foul before they could take a three. We fouled kind of late. Luke Kennard shoots the three. He knew he was getting fouled, so he threw up a shot. It went in. And, of course, he made the free throw. We don't, Of course, we don't make a game-winning shot in one second. I don't know what happened there. but And we lose. And, man, you should have seen the reaction. You thought my reaction was bad. 
Bruh, it was like a funeral on the radio. It was like a funeral. They act like the season was over. They act like this team was like getting sold or something. They act like it was a playoff loss. And it, But it was like a lot of, we got to trade Bradley Bill. Not everyone's going to be back after this trade deadline. This, this team about to look a little different. Stop. This is not the Nationals. They're not about to just sell off half this roster. I know things kind of changed from, oh, man, we might be one of the surprise teams in the East. We going to be in the second round at least. Oh, man, I know I was saying that type of stuff. To now, we're just pretty much back to normal. Like, back to where we were last year. And where we were last year, in the playing game, barely in the playing game, in ninth place. I think, no, we were in eighth place. In eighth place. Right now, we're in ninth. But that's where we are right now. And that loss was ridiculous. You're up 35. This is the second largest comeback in NBA history. What is Spencer Dinwiddie doing? Everyone's asking that question. He had five points. He had five points. That's ridiculous. He's supposed to be our at least third best player. Like, that's ridiculous. And and we've had this home stretch, right? So we've had a, a eight-game, eight-game home stretch that started on January 11th. And it and it ended it ended with that Tuesday debacle. I don't know what that was. Thirty five and you lose, and they didn't even have Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Are you crazy? Amir Coffee has twenty something points. You lost to Amir Coffee and Luke Kennard, two people who are pretty much bench players, maybe fringe starters. You let them run you off your own home floor? Damn! Trash. You can see why we're all frustrated. Because we should be better than this. It's, it makes no sense. And I'm glad the NBA gave us a long break after this. Because now we can think about what happened and get to work and get back on track. Hopefully this is the wake-up call. A lot of doom and gloom. Especially for me, I was mad. I let off my frustration. But at the end, I was like, let this be a wake-up call. You have about five days to think about it. We play Memphis tonight. It's going to be tough. You're at Memphis. Memphis is rolling. John Morant's an all-star. It's going to be a very tough game. I know we blew them out the first time. But that was the first time when we were rolling. And the Grizzlies were struggling. Now... It's something different. It's going to be tough. But we had an eight-game homestand. We beat the Thunder. We beat the Magic. Talked about that. We beat the Sixers, which surprised me. We lost to the Blazers, a game where we got down like 20, but we came back. Uh, We lost to the Nets. I was at that game. Uh, We should have won that one. They stole that from us. The Raptors, another game where we got down big, but we came back. Uh, The Celtics. Jason Tatum scored like 50-something again. You see why I don't want to play them in the playing game? Because Jason Tatum will go off like that. But then again, the last time we played him in D.C., he had 23 and didn't make a three. So, I don't know. 
what to get from them. And then that epic debacle against the Clippers, which I just, I still don't understand how the heck we let that happen. So Memphis, Milwaukee, Philly, those all else. We're not winning a single. We we should win at least one of these games after what just happened, but I don't think so, man. We've beaten all these guys at least once, but it's going to be tough on the road. Then we come back here against Phoenix, a game I'm really interested in going to. If the tickets are decently priced, I will go. Miami, we, we struggle against them. Brooklyn again, nah. I don't know. It's going to be tougher this time. The Kings, we should beat. The Pistons, we should beat. Man, listen, we're going to be fighting. We're going to be fighting for our lives to get in the playoffs. I don't know what they're going to do, whether they're going to trade people. Oh, my God, so many people want to trade Bradley Bill. I say hold off on that because I don't know what we're going to get in return. If you trade Bradley Bill, you're pretty much starting a rebuild because – like, to trade Bradley Bill, we need to at least get, like, a borderline all-star. At least. And I say we need to get an all-star because Bradley Bill is pretty much an all-star. He probably won't be this year. But Bradley Bill is like an all-star. He's an all-star last year. We need to get that quality of player back. So I would hold off on trading Bradley Bill unless we're going to rebuild on some Washington Nationals type nonsense. Just get it together. The Wizards got to get it together because this is bad. This is bad. This is really, really bad. <laughs> man, go ahead, bro. Oh, man, the caps. The caps are on that cap cycle. They're on that cap cycle. they starting to climb their way out of the, the slump. Remember how they started the new year and lost like four games? Um. Yeah, so still some nonsense. Now they're just up and down. I mean, let's see. You know, they had that miraculous win against the Jets where they got down 2-0. Lost to the Bruins, which pisses me off because I hate losing to them. We got down 2-0 against the Senators, and then Ovi just was Ovi and shows why he's, like, one of the best hockey players ever. Then we lose to the Golden Knights. We finally got some goaltending play. But we lose at home to the Knights. Great. It's probably a million bandwagoners there. And then we lose to the Sharks. The last three games at home, we lose to the Sharks 4-1. I don't understand. They probably didn't come ready to play. Then they, they showed up in Dallas and they put the hammer down. 5-0. Very happy about that. That's good that they beat the Dallas Stars. Hopefully, that will get us going. But knowing the Caps... They're probably not going to wake up till March. And a lot of talk, once again, about trades with the trade deadline coming up. I don't know when their trade deadline is. But basically, um, a lot of just a lot of talk about getting a goaltender. Because we got Vanderchek and Ilya Samsonov. And we just been struggling with those two and Craig Anderson I don't know if he's in the organization or not. I think we got another rookie um, in Hershey somewhere probably. But we've been struggling with the goaltender thing since Holtby and uh, 
Grubauer left. Ever since they left, we've been struggling with this goaltender thing. Hopefully they get it together because if they don't, one and done. Game over. And that's the cap cycle. Like I said, that's the cap cycle. I'm trying I'm trying to focus, but I got Alabama and Auburn gymnastics on. <laughs> it's hard to focus with that on. But anyway, man, it looks like we're heading right into the cycle. The good news is after the caps, no offense, no offense, Columbus, no offense, uh, New York Islanders. No, forget the Islanders. Forget them. I'm glad they're doing bad. <laughs> but the division past us is not good. So we should be good as far as wild card is concerned. But knowing the caps, they're going to get it together. Knowing the caps, they're going to get it together. And then they're going to end up being one of the top seeds. Because right now, the number four in the Metropolitan Behind the Rangers, the Hurricanes, and the Penguins. Yeah. And then way down below us is the Blue Jackets, the Islanders, the Devils, the Flyers. They, they're just, no. <laughs> so, we're only four points behind the Penguins. Even with us, you know, being in the slump part of the cap cycle, it's all going to come back around. We're going to end up being one or two in the Metropolitan then we're going to host somebody. I don't know. It's probably going to be probably going to be the Rangers or the Hurricanes. Then we're going to lose. And if we don't lose, we're going to end up playing Pittsburgh or the Rangers. And then we're going to lose for real this time. That's what always happens until they prove me wrong outside of, you know, the Stanley Cup championship. That's what always happens. So, you know, hopefully we get this goalie thing straight. Hopefully we get some more consistent play in general. And we'll see what happens. Let's go Caps, baby. Let's go Caps. Okay, so... Ironically, on the anniversary that Kobe passed, I told you the story. I was in Philly. I was driving from Philly. The Lakers had just played the Sixers. And then I found out Kobe died from... A girl I was talking to at the time, or a girl I was dating at the time, she didn't really like sports, and she was the first one to let me know. Yeah, but basically that's the story. Heartbreaking story. Couldn't get enough of it. It is unfortunate, sad, still sad to this day. But on the same day, it was the same day, I say some 29 years before 28 years before the Kobe thing happened was the 1991 Washington Redskins who I kind of knew of, but I didn't really know that much about. Like I had no idea they was 14 and two until I was looking one day. And I think Mark Schlereth was talking about it on Twitter. And I said, aha, aha, you lost to the Eagles. Ha ha. And he basically said, it doesn't matter. We won the championship. And that was that was his line. That's what he kept saying. So I don't know where that convo is on Twitter. You could probably search my name and look it up. But yeah, so that caused me to look up their team and foot and mouth. They were 14 and two. 
And the only reason they lost to the Eagles, which I didn't know till like a week ago, is because they rested their starters. And I was like, I was thinking when I looked at their schedule again that they probably rested their starters. And it was confirmed on the radio when they was reminiscing that they rested their starters. Okay. I was like, okay, the Eagles got a cheap one. They, they're they known to do that sometimes. End of the season, probably not going nowhere, and they get a win at the end of the season. Like, I've, I've been to one of those games. Like, when they played the Cowboys – the year before we won the Super Bowl and Zeke and uh, Dak Prescott were just bursting on the scene, the Cowboys rested them and the Eagles beat them. So, uh, but, you know, that, that happened to be one of the best teams ever, but I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, so they only beat the Cowboys by three at Dallas, and then that's the only team that really gave them problems. Because they, they shut out the Eagles, by the way, when they had everyone healthy and playing. That's the only team that really gave them problems, the Cowboys. And you know why, because they end up winning the next two Super Bowls. So it makes sense why the Cowboys gave them problems. And that's the only team they really lost to. They lost to at RFK. I know that was heartbreaking for Redskins fans. If, you know, that was the height of the Cowboys-Redskins rivalry. So... I'm sure Redskins fans were sick losing to the Cowboys at RFK. But that's the only team they had a problem with. And then the Cowboys, they had a problem with the Lions. They lost to the Lions by like 20 in the regular season. They lost to them by like 30 in the playoffs because they had an explosive offense. And I guess they couldn't stop Barry Sanders. So... That's why they had a problem with the Lions, but the Redskins had no problem with the Lions. So, but the Redskins had a problem with the Cowboys. So I'm like, what would have happened if the Redskins played the Cowboys instead of the Lions? I don't know, man. It, I don't think they were going to be stopped that year. Um, the only teams that could really beat the Redskins that year were the Cowboys and the Giants. And... It seemed like neither of them could stop the fast-paced offense of the Lions. But basically, man, learning about the 91 Redskins was cool, man. It's just, it seemed like they were a great team, a great bunch. It was their 30th anniversary. That's why I was doing Lyft and hearing about it on the radio all day. And it's just, one thing I took away from that was the reason why they were successful is because what I heard a lot was their practice was harder than the game. Everyone said that. Their practices were brutal, they were physical, and then it made the game seem easy. So if I can apply that to my life, there's no telling what I could do. Same thing with anyone listening. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? That is one of the GOAT level principles. One of the supplemental principles that you got to make it look easy they made it look easy because of what they did in practice i'm just saying man you know but you know i'm just amazed that they went from that to the sitcom that they are now that is just insane all right real quick for the hypothetical ou men's basketball 
So they lost to Baylor. No shame in that. No shame in that. I mean, I was hoping, you know, we're at home, sold out crowd. Maybe, you know, we're going to get our revenge. We almost beat them the last time. Nope. Nope. Baylor was too good. Baylor was too good. And they won. So it's okay. We fought like we always do. But at the end of the day, Baylor was just a better team. And it just is what it is. But then um, they bounced back. They bounced back and they beat West Virginia at West Virginia. Not an easy place to play. Just ask Trey Young. Um, <laughs> I was at that game. It was insane. But probably not as hype of a game this time around with no stars on either team. But it was the Tanner Groves show. I think he had like 20-something. And, yeah, we got him. And West Virginia fans can't say anything. Another thing about the Baylor game, uh, one of their super fans were got into a little battle with the student section. And I was part of that student section when I was back in school. And I know we can get crazy sometimes, especially big games like that. We can get really crazy. And, you know, I guess they were saying some stuff to him. And he was saying some stuff back. That's the last thing you need to do. Like, Kim Mulkey got this work, too. Um, that's the last thing you, you need to say. It, not say, but the last thing you need to do is to have a war of words with our student section. Because some of them guys don't care, have no mercy. So, and we got him. They got him kicked out of the arena. So he went to Twitter and talked about it. And of course, all the Baylor fans, as mentioned, pointed to the scoreboard. Of course, they swept us. And then they also mentioned football, which they beat us and they stole our title. So they they yanked our title away, like we was Lauren London on ATL. Shout out to the people that uh, know that GIF reference. But they got the bragging rights over us for now. I'm not going to talk about too much about the past because I can. I mean, we, I'm sure we, we got the season, not the season, but we got the all-time series lead over them in basketball and football. So I'm not I'm not too worried, man. We're, we're, we're good. Uh, also, uh, they got the bragging rights now, but... Okay, basketball it doesn't look good for us. I don't I don't know. We're going to struggle to beat them in the future. But football will be fine. We'll we'll get them. We'll get them in football. They got to come to Norman. They got to come to Norman next year. We're going to punish them. So they can have their bragging rights in football, but we're going to get them. Basketball, I I hope we get them. We got the right coach. So maybe and I hope we get them in the Big 12 championship then that will make their two victories against us null and void. I would love that. So, hey, you can have your bragging rights for now, but it's funny how your man got kicked out of the stadium for trying to go back and forth with the student section. That's something you just don't do. If you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, you better just, you better have some stones. And he does. He did, he did, but security, security always has to save the day when you get into a, a war with our student section. 
And uh, shout out to the women. They bounced back. They whooped Oklahoma State. They punished them. 84-58. That's how you bounce back. Because they got spanked by Ioka Lee and Kansas State. They went to Kansas State, unranked Kansas State. That's always a tough place to play. I don't I don't care what sport it is. And Ioka Lee had 60? How do you let her score 60 points? It was embarrassing. It got blasted all over Twitter by ESPN and different sport pundits. And it was all over TV. And I'm just like, ugh, very embarrassing. Very, very embarrassing. But they bounced back. They beat our rival. Uh, we play Kansas State again. Uh, February 26th, we got to get that get back. We got to get that revenge because that's just bad. This is bad. This is very, Stephen very bad. A. That was just bad. Uh, we'll see, though, man. Boomer Sooner, they're ranked. They only have three losses. They'll be fine. But we got we to gotta get Kansas State back when the time comes. So now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. This hypothetical game of the episode is a flag football game. It's a mix-up of all the hypothetical game of the episode ideas I had. So I was thinking about doing the 91 Redskins versus the 2007 Patriots, but I also wanted to do a flag football game between Vic and Iverson and just put random people on their teams. But also I was thinking of using the Wizards and the Clippers so we could rematch because that game was some BS on Tuesday. But then I was like, you know what? Why don't I put all that together and make a fire flag football game? So we got Team Vic versus Team Iverson. And on Team Vic, we got Art Monk, Ashante Samuel, Luke Kennard, Kyle Kuzma, Terrence Mann, Joe Jacoby. Joe Jacoby was... I think the right tackle he's one of the tackles one of the hogs on the 91 Redskins I wanted to use Slurf because he was the most famous but Joe Jacoby is is like that Joe Jacoby I think was the best one so then on team Iverson you got Randy Moss prime Randy Moss Daryl Green Bradley Bill Amir Coffey KCP Mike Vrabel so here we go. First play of the game. Um, Team Iverson comes out in zone. Art Monk finds a wide open spot in the zone between the safety and the corner. He catches it and goes untouched to the end zone for a touchdown. 7 nothing. Team Vic. Then Team Iverson comes back. No one open. Allen Iverson stutter stops. Drops Joe Jacoby who tried to rush him. Then Kyle Kuzma dives and misses the flag. Iverson jukes Art Monk. Then he spins on Asante Samuel, then runs all the way for the touchdown, 7-7. Then Vic is picked off by Mike Vrabel. But Team Vic make the goal line stop, and it remains 7-7. Then Team Iverson makes a stop of their own on fourth down. 
and they get the ball back. But Iverson throws a pick six to Asante Samuel, and it's 14-7 Team Vic. Then Team Iverson gets the ball back. Iverson starts to scramble. He's boxing by three people. It looks like they're going to grab his flag, but he somehow gets out of it and throws to the end zone Randy Moss for a long touchdown, 14-14, an amazing play by Iverson. Great game so far. So we're going by my pickup flag rules, but DC for a timing of 20 minutes, two halves, running clock, except the last two minutes. So there we go. Uh, So, of course, with my pickup league, it's one first down. Uh, You can block, uh, account for the quarterback, all that stuff. So it's, it's, it's a mix of the rules here. So here we go, out of halftime, more defensive stops. And then Allen Iverson finds Amir Coffey on another scramble broken play, and it's 21-14 Team Iverson. Then Vic hits Luke Kennard on a long dig route for a first down. Then he hits Terrence Mann for a sideline catch. But then he almost throws a pick to Daryl Green, who jumped the route, who jumped the outside the numbers route. And drops the interception. So Vic makes them pay for that. And he hits Joe Jacoby on fourth down. On a tight pass. Within the zone. Fired right into Joe Jacoby's stomach. He holds on to it. And it's 21-21. Less than five minutes left. And another long scramble by Iverson for a first down. Then he hits Daryl Green who uses his speed to take a drag route an extra 25 to 30 yards. But then, Allen Iverson throws a pass, tip drill picked off by Kyle Kuzma. Then, deep in their own territory, Vic Vic tries to uh, run a reverse to Sante Samuel. He is swarmed and he is stopped for no gain. Then has two incompletions. Then on fourth down, blitz coming. Vic scrambles up the middle, evades Bradley Bill who misses the flag. Then one move, hesitation, makes makes Allen Iverson stumble. And then he is on a foot race with Randy Moss to the 10, to the 5, and to the touchdown. That's 28-21, Team Vic, five seconds left. And Allen Iverson, Hail Mary attempt, get knocked away. And that is it. That is the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. But I'm not out. I got to tell you to go to GoatLevelTees.com for all things GOAT level. And uh, praise God, man. Praise God. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.